Welcome to Success Story. I'm your host, Scott Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. They have great podcasts you should go listen to, but they also have great technology that can help your business. The big reason why more than 300 of last year's unicorn startups use HubSpot is because there is no other software that keeps you better connected with your teams and your customers so you can crush all your business, sales, revenue, marketing goals. The new HubSpot Sales Hub brings you that power of an easy-to-use platform designed for today's top entrepreneurs, today's top sales teams, with 360-degree deal management and real-time reporting, you get accurate windows into every inch of your business. And with AI-powered tools like their new ChatSpot, you'll have a dedicated assistant that knows your business inside and out. ChatSpot enables your team with one-stop access to a ton of time-saving functions like pulling data, tracking calls, managing leads, scheduling emails. So trade cold calls for warm leads because when it comes to scaling sales, your software should be smart. And the solutions should be simple. Get on track for your best Q1 yet. Check out HubSpot Sales Hub at HubSpot.com slash sales. Pick a point in your life. It could be when you were growing up. It could be when, you know, you're going to college, university, or maybe in your career. What was the point? that pushed you down the path that you're on right now? What was that pivotal moment? And we can go from there. So think about that and then we'll take it away whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Go ahead. What is that point? Well, there are two actually, so sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Um, <laughs> but but the, the, the first one was actually uh, when I was failing college, uh, I dropped out of university basically and I was sort of failing college miserably <laughs> and... Uh, and of course, I was a bartender uh, instead of going to university. And uh, I was having a lot of fun. And while I was having fun, one day, one friend of mine, Francois, came to me and said, hey, you know, I've got these guys. He actually did proper studies and he actually had a good job with Silicon Graphics uh, at the time. Right. And he was like, hey, it was in 2000. And in 2000, he said to me, yeah, I've got these guys, they're leaving Silicon Graphics and, and they're going to build a startup. Like it was a dot-com boom, you know. And so uh, he said, do you want to interview, interview for a job? And I was desperate for a job. Like, and no one uh, wanted to hire me. Um, and so I went uh, and I got my first job. And this is, you know, why I'm here today, sort of. And the second point, the second inflection point was when my son was born. So that was in 2005. And that gets you really hungry for success. Uh, well, yeah, because now you have someone else who relies on you. Yes. What did that push you to do in your career? Like when your son was obviously successful before your son was born, but what did that push you to do? Did it push you like work harder? Was it focus more on something that you really knew you had to accomplish? Like what was that thing? What was that drive that it unlocked? Work harder for sure. It's actually something quite uh, primal. Uh, yeah. You know, my, my wife always complained that, you know, the day I was born, like the only thing that I wanted to do was to go out of the house and, and work more. And I think uh, it happens to a lot of men where uh, it is actually mistaken for, for, for you trying to leave the nest because you don't want to deal with the burden. But it mm -hmm. actually, I think it is you trying to go out and sort of hunt more yeah. to protect the family, something like that. And so I had that strong feeling that sort of pushed me outside. And so that was number one. And number two, it's also... Um, uh, in the in the end, like you know, sort of working so, to make sure that my son would look up to me, and so not to disappoint him yeah. uh, became something that was more important than not to disappoint my parents. <laughs> That's funny. That's very interesting how the focus shifts, right? Because I think that when you when you're when you're coming up in your career, you know, if you have a healthy relationship with your parents, it is for a time where you actually don't want to screw up. Yeah, and then you start to be successful, and then for some people that are very entrepreneurial or some people that build big things. You start to outpace what your parents ever expected of you. So then you're trying to wonder, like, at some point, like, what's the purpose anymore? Like, who are you doing this for? I don't have kids yet. Mm. But I think that that's actually a really important, an important yeah. thing. You build something bigger than yourself, right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, the, the story goes like this. So I did a successful business in advertising. And that gave me access to a lot of liquidity and a lot of, you know, uh, I can go to the beach for the rest of my life type yeah. of money. And so the question is, like, why do you work? Um, and, and there were a few answers, but, like, you know, uh, one is because I like it. But two also is because, you know, I didn't want my son to see me. And I was uh, How old late, you? late How 30s, old? late 30s, uh, early 40s. 
And you had FQ money at, at late in late thirties after the after the exit. After 2013, yeah. So ten yeah. years ago, so I was 37. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, is my son going? You know, every day that he's going to come home, I'm going to be home and you know play the PlayStation. I don't know, <laughs> like do something. And then, you know, don't get me wrong. Like you can have other passions than just working, and that's that's all yeah. good and well. And if I had had those passions, I would have focused on these. But you know, achieve something like sort of do something i'm really good at working so and, well and i love working so i just focus on that because you go so hard for so long especially when you are a high performer right so when you built so that company which company was that that uh, was uh criteo criteo so mm -hmm. that company it ipo'd in 2013 yes correct nasdaq okay. so when you go that hard for so long and i've actually noticed this with a lot of people that have had a big exit event there's a lot of uh questioning what's next yes and questioning you know what is your purpose in the world and I'm actually curious, you know, now you, you have a child, you, you don't have to work again, but you know you want to do something. So what led you to Ledger at the end of the day? What was the thing that got you out of bed in the morning? Because that's a, a total 180 from your background as well. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, because I have no background, but, you know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but also advertising for sure. And so, no, it was uh, a few things. So one... I wanted to do something too. I wanted to do something that was bigger than than Credio. It was sort of bigger than a public mind. public company. Yeah, it was. It's just two billion dollars, you know, uh, yeah. valuation. And uh, and once you when, once you start to compete, like you know, you want to you want to play the Champions League. That's that that's very clear. And so one of the things that was very frustrating when we're building this advertising business is that we always find like Google, Amazon, Facebook, etc., that were bigger advertising companies, and so therefore. The game was a little rigged. Like there's yeah. no way that you know uh, Credio would be bigger than these companies, and so therefore, I thought, okay, so what is the, you know, what is the, what is the company, or what is the, um, the, where can I play where there is fair competition? And actually, finding Bitcoin in 2014 was sort of that revelation. It's like, oh, okay, these are new protocols, and so it's not the web protocol; it's something yeah. different, and so therefore. Now it's exchange of value, et cetera. And so it changes everything. And actually 10 years later, almost, uh, you can see that none of the big guys have really moved into crypto yet. The Google, the Amazon of the world, et cetera. They started to touch it a little bit, but 10 years after, they yeah. haven't really touched it. Well, they, they mess around with their own internal protocols. Correct. Like you have IBM that messes around with their own internal protocol. Yes. But ultimately, you still have a lot of independent companies that are still trying to build the biggest and the best and the most user-friendly and the best user experience for crypto, for Bitcoin, for everything, right? So it's actually interesting to me because, you know, you don't realize how long it's been. Mm -hmm. You don't realize that 2014, okay, that was that was a long time ago. A long time ago. But we're still, with crypto, we still haven't gotten to the point where someone's grandmother can use it easily. Like, no. I know, you, like, you speak a lot about, you know, if, if they're not, it's not your keys, not your crypto, right? You have to have your own keys. The, the user experience in the industry is still complex. And it's getting more complex. I mean, it's getting, you, now you add on NFTs, you add on DeFi, you add on things that are even another layer. So where, where have you seen us sort of grow over the past 10 years and what's left to do? How do we sort of make it so that there is that, you know, that peak user adoption that we actually want to see? Okay, first I'll give you a little teaser. It is complex, but it's not as complex as we say it is, and I'll explain why. Okay. But I don't know, in the past 10 years, like 2014 was nuclear winter. Like, honestly, being in crypto then was, you know, um, uh, very interesting because you would meet extraordinary people, but very hard from a business standpoint. It was very hard to understand, you know, where this would go, what would be the business, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and very few people engaged, very hard to recruit people. Like in 2014, I remember trying to recruit for my first company, Kaiko, which is a data company that is doing really well today under the stewardship of uh, Ambo Soubiron. Uh, impossible to recruit people. And today it's very easy. Like, you know, today Web3, crypto, whatever it is, is very uh, attractive for, for, to, to, for talent. And so to recruit talent is much easier than when it, when it was in 14. And there has been a wave of innovation. I think, you know, uh, to access the market, the exchange was like first and then in 2017, I think there was another wave of like, you know, custodian and custody technology that was like sort of that wave because, you know, suddenly you had a lot of crypto, but you didn't know where to put it. And so, you know, we had to work hard. And part of this is self-custody and what Ledger does in terms of hardware wallet. But if you think about it, like Ledger was only launched in, you know, end 14, beginning 15. And, you know, the first 
uh, heat product that we had in the market was 2016 with the Nano S. Mm -hmm. And so that's to put things in perspective. Nano X was 2018. That's very recent still, actually. It is very yeah. recent. Uh, and Stacks now is going to be 23. Uh, and, you know, so some from 14 to, to 23, almost 10 years, we, we could only take two or I mean, three or four products to market, depending on how you count. There's the S Plus that also came out yeah. uh, last year, but which is just a revamp of the, of the, of the S. But it's interesting, though, that Ledger is still leading the way in hardware. And I've heard you on a few podcasts before speak about how crypto and DeFi and blockchain, so much software innovation, but not as much hardware innovation. No, there is a lot of hardware innovation, but the problem is hardware is slow. It's uh, hardware is very slow. So typically from the, you know, the moment you think about building a product to when the product is going to be in market, there is something like two to three years. And if you become really good like Apple, it's one year mm -hmm. cycle. But it's very hard to take products to, to, to market. Like it's really hard to build something, et cetera. And, you know, and it, with hardware also, you can't really fuck it up. No, I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Once it's built, it's built. Yeah. Uh, and so. You can't recall all that. You can't push an no. update. I mean, you can, but if you do, then your company is <laughs> dead, you know. <laughs> Um, so, so you have to be very, very extremely careful. So typically to launch stacks, you know, there is some frustration now from people to say, Hey, when are you guys going to launch, you announced in December and now, you know, it's April, et cetera. So it is true that we're late, but the complexity of building a product like stacks is, you know, really, uh, crazy. And also we want to make sure that when we launch it's perfect or close it to perfect. It has to be perfect. Yes. Though. It has to be. Cause if, yes. again, you, you aren't the size of Apple. Yes. So if you screw it up, that's yeah. not. But it's not, it's not even perfect like that. I think we won't screw it up, to be honest, but perfect in the sense that, uh, you know, this is, this is the work of precision. Like, you know, mm -hmm. the hardware needs to work. The operating system needs to be flawless into the hardware that needs to connect beautifully to the software. When we launch, the software needs to be on par with other products, etc. So there is a certain complexity. And also now the hardware can be used and be paired with like so many other wallets in the space. It's not just Ledger and Ledger Live. It's, you know, Ledger and MetaMask, Ledger mm -hmm. and... Coinbase wallet, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the industries and users are always asking for more. So I would say uh, that was that was the wave, like, you know, the custody wave in, in 17. And now, you know, 2021 was the wave of, you know, uh, applications to run on blockchains, you know, the, you know, sort of DeFi, NFT, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So these have been like the the three successive waves and there be so much more to, 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 to say about this. But this is how I would go very quickly on this. Uh, and what did I say when I said, I, I'll tell you at the end, uh, I think, well, I think we were talking about the, the problems with hardware. No. Oh, I, 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 I can't remember oh what you're getting God. back to. Right. No, I have a follow up though. It doesn't matter. I have a follow -up. I remember. I remember. We'll, we'll get back to it. Um, this is what, this is my problem. Cause I ask, I, I when I get interested about something, I ask these like multi-point questions and then <laughs> I'm lost. It's fine. But so my I guess the biggest responsibility you have is that you're leading the way. Like you're, you're, you are building bleeding edge technology and you are, you are. Oh, wait, easy to use, not easy to use. I got it. I got to say. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. Go, I'm no, sorry no, go, go. I, then I have a follow up. Go. Okay. So we always say like, it's not very easy to use. Yes. Okay. So now forget web three, crypto, Bitcoin, however you call it, blockchain technology. Now just focus on web two today. Yeah. Is it very easy to connect to your bank? I mean, you know, I know mine is like super hard. I've got codes everywhere. I got shit I need to remember. Yeah. If it's a if it's a, a banking account in the UK, I mean honestly, yeah. it's so hard to use. I've been shut down from from. Uh, I was with HSBC. I mean, actually, I'm no longer with HSBC, but in the UK, when these guys shut you down from the web because you've done like the wrong manip or whatever, like mm -hmm. you know, you press two times on the same button that you shouldn't have. Oh my god! Like to get back online. It's I know. Crazy. So you're not wrong. You're not. So actually thinking through that point, even now. So I have TD. I'm Canadian. Okay. I have TD and I have a Toronto number hooked up as my 2FA, which I don't have access to anymore because now I have my American number and the amount of shit that they gave me to switch my 2FA phone number from a Toronto number to an American number to a Florida number is, is insane. Exactly. And, and then I always, I think one out of every three purchases because I'm a Canadian down in the U.S. as a fraud alert, and they're sending little notifications to a phone number that doesn't exist anymore, saying, "Hey, is this you?" Mm -hmm. So it's it's it, it's not 
So super it, convenient it is sometimes. not super convenient. And actually, if you think about like all these apps now that ask you for 2FA, yeah. I mean, look at it to connect to an exchange, crypto exchange. You know, this is not Web3. It's just like, you know, uh, an interface and you place yeah. your bids, etc. This is 100% Web2. You need 2FA to connect to anything now because otherwise login password is not enough. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone is, is big companies are moving towards FIDO2 in terms of... Um, uh, knowing who you are, etc. So actually, there is like a, a, a very complex layer of security that comes on top of the web, whether you want it or not, and that makes things less easy for users. But you know, users are you know uh, deal with this. The reason why they didn't deal with this so much in Web two is because everybody agrees that your phone and your computers are broken. You keep on patching them. They're like, sorry, it was open. Please patch it. Okay. And everybody understand, uh, you understand, everybody understands this podcast that for Web3 and crypto and Bitcoin, it's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. If it's open, you know, by the time that you patch it, maybe the Bitcoins are gone. For your email and many other things where you have a lot of insurance, like your bank, etc. Okay, maybe sometime the money is gone, but you call your bank and, yeah. you know, you got an insurance for this, you know, if you're lucky. Sometimes you don't. Uh, but for Bitcoin, like, there's no insurance yet. And so once it's gone, it's gone. And so security has to be... Uh, very different, but I but I would say you know using my ledger every day. I don't think it's more complex than using my bank account. Actually, to be honest. So do you feel like it's 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 perceived difficult, like incorrectly perceived difficulty of somebody trying to learn something new? Yeah, there is a. It's funny because when I look at myself in the mirror, uh, I don't recognize myself because when I think about myself, I always remember myself when I was eighteen. Yeah. I don't know if you have the same problem. Yes. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and I changed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think the same is happening with crypto. There's a bunch of people that came into crypto in like 15, 16, 17, 18, whatever. And they don't actually touch their coins much. And so for them, like, you know, the you know crypto is still where it was yeah. way back when. I even have like the CEO of one of the major companies writing to me the other day and saying, uh, before we launch Stacks, just to give context, but but just before we launch Stacks, uh, and so some maybe in 2021, uh, to to say, hey, congratulations on your new product. And I was like, what new product? And he was referring to the Nano X that we launched in 2018. So even someone that works in the industry and, you know, uh, understand very well the, the, the problem of security, et cetera, was not aware that we had a new product after the Nano S that we launched in 16. So you would say, okay, but then you sucked at marketing then, which probably was the case. Uh, but equally, you know, there is, uh, you know, resilience in people's mind in the space and they, they always make the same comment. But I would argue that uh, typically Ledger is 100,000 times easier to use in 23 than what it was in, in 17. Do you find that because you're sort of boots on the ground, so I, I don't want to make assumptions, but do you find that more people are still keeping their crypto on, on the, the, in the spot where they bought it? Or do you see user adoption to hardware people understanding security better? No, we, we've seen uh, people understand money, so and they don't want to lose their money. So now after and a lot FTX, of people lose money. A lot of people lose money, but after FTX, it's like you know when you when you burn yourself and you know not yeah. to touch the flame anymore. So FTX was the big uh, earthquake, I think, much bigger than you know Mongox or you know all of these things that happened in the past. And by the way, they keep on happening mm -hmm. and they will keep on happening. You know, FTX was not the last. Uh, the same way that Lehman Brothers was not too big to fail. Like, you know, it's like, why would you trust a central authority with your money? Use, I mean, exchanges are very useful. Like, you know, you should use them to do the trade, but like you should never leave your coins on an exchange. And so I think people understand that. And we've seen we've seen this in our numbers. Like uh, it was, uh, you know, a hard way to to learn, but, but, but it was a way. And uh, this episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now, as a business owner, I always remember when my company hits a growth spurt. It's great, but then you realize that things start to break. Things are taking three times as long. Manual processes start to bury your team in paperwork and admin, and you really don't have one reliable source of data or truth to understand how healthy your business is. If this sounds familiar, you have to know three numbers. 37,000. That's how many businesses have upgraded to NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years streamlining accounting, inventory, HR, and more for growing companies. And one, because your business truly is one of a kind, NetSuite gives you customized solutions so you can manage everything about your business in one place, from inventory to invoicing 
one powerfully efficient system. I love having all of my data in one spot. NetSuite allows me to do that. It gives me the big picture so I can make smarter decisions. And they turn complex financials into understandable, actionable insights. Right now, you can get NetSuite's popular KPI checklist for free to help improve your business. It's designed to help you boost performance across key areas of your business. Go to netsuite.com slash scottclary to download the checklist and see how one complete system can transform your growth. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Get more control in your business with NetSuite. I want to thank Belay for sponsoring today's episode. They provide solutions that all of us need. They help us get back more of our time because time is the most precious resource. A lot of you listening are business leaders, entrepreneurs. You know that if you spend your time incorrectly, it can make or break your business, your personal, professional relationships. It can completely sidetrack you and stop you from reaching your goals. So I'm gonna ask you, are you protecting your time? How much of your day is eaten up by tasks that could have been done by someone else? Wouldn't you rather spend your time on things that truly matter? The answer should be yes, because you have to to move the needle on whatever it is you're trying to build. That's where Belay comes in. They are the nation's largest pool of exceptional US-based talent. Belay offers flexible staffing solutions to free you up. Need a virtual assistant to conquer those pesky administrative tasks or maybe an accounting professional to really keep your finances in order? Belay can help with all that and way more. Their personalized matching process saves you the headache of hiring by finding the perfect match for your needs in as little as a week. Focus on what matters the most with the help from Belay. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to learn more and get started. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. And you see it in uh, the coins moving from exchanges to sort of somewhere else. And, and we see a lot of coins moving to our platform. And then we see a lot more people now are engaging with the services that we have in later lives, especially the buy, the sell, and the swap services, mm-hmm. the numbers are, you know, uh, very impressive year on year, like, you know, uh, triple digit growth, and very constantly in Q1, continuing in Q2, when the market is not, definitely not doing a triple digit growth. No, it's no, actually, no, uh, at all, not at all. Yeah. So you see, you're not even taking over people that are like very, very adamant crypto users. You still are, you're bringing people in yes. who have never used crypto before, even in a... On the transaction thing, what I'm describing is more like our user base now understand that they yeah. can do more with Ledger than just store right. the crypto and they can they prefer to do the trades from their ledger rather than from the exchange. Understood. So they so they 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 keep it in the ecosystem. Correct. But do you also see people like do you still see of course the industry is not growing at triple digit growth, but do you all see people that are are entering crypto with ledger versus entering crypto with Coinbase and keeping things on Coinbase? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and actually, more and more. Like, well, first of all, before in seventeen, it was not possible. So yes. you had to do Coinbase first and then Ledger second. Um, in twenty three, now, first of all, it's not just cryptocurrencies, but it's also NFT. So sometimes you enter you enter through an NFT and not really uh, through through crypto. You can go on OpenSea, take your credit to debit card. Yeah. You know, MoonPay is providing the service, and then you buy your NFT. And then you have to put it somewhere. Uh, and actually through the payment service, MoonPay will ask you where do you want to put it. And so it could be on your MetaMask, could be on your ledger, et cetera, et cetera. And so, yes, more and more. Actually, what we've seen in 22, uh, 
when everybody was saying it was a bear market, we saw that, sure, and certain things, you know, certain things were not uh, flying as high as they would have had in the past, but other things like, you know, the NFT business and those communities being built around those projects kept on growing. And so that brought a lot of people in that bought a lot of ledgers. And, and what do you, you know, now, again, you see, you see people that are older crypto users as well as new crypto users using Ledger for all, all the transactions they want to take care of. What do you think is the key to user adoption? Do you think that there is, unfortunately, the requirement for more FTX type things that, and actually not for not user adoption, so that would be, that would be migrating people over that are already crypto users, but let's say bringing new people in. So FTX pushes people away that have never touched crypto. It makes them scared. They say, oh, thank goodness I never bought any crypto because look at what just happened. But what on the flip side of that, what is the key to user adoption? Okay, but first, I think um, so far, everybody got it wrong uh, to think that speculation over uh, coins was actually crypto. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is not crypto. Uh, to speculate on FTT, on uh, FTX, uh, that's uh that's like the worst of financial speculation i guess yeah uh and uh and if to you crypto is just like buying an apple stock i mean you know sure like you, you can do that but i don't think it's the use case for crypto and mm -hmm. by the way like you know the the token only has value if you bring security to the blockchain and if the blockchain has a vibrant ecosystem of developers uh companies applications etc that are built on top of it and mm -hmm. so um, I think that the um, even this, the the market that is just taking care of speculation, like you know, they're not looking you know sort of deep enough into the protocols, etc. And you have like, and it's difficult because you had so many like meme coins that have like sort of no value, but it's just like people pumping and dumping the market. That it, it makes that whole speculation aspect of crypto a bit ridiculous. If you want my my honest point of view, I think where crypto is interesting is. Uh, if it's in self-custody, because this is why and how it has been designed. Like, you know, if you still leave your crypto at a bank, again, sure, but why? Uh, there are other things that you can invest in that are that are probably good, good investments. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the interesting thing is like, what can you do with your with your private keys, and how can you engage in you know uh, products that are interesting? Like DeFi is one good example. If you don't have your private keys, you cannot uh, Correct, really yeah. engage in DeFi. Uh, we always overlook payment as if it's a given, but I still think that store value and payment with Bitcoin or Lightning or payment in general with crypto is the killer app. I mean, you have like a peer-to-peer -peer global payment network. It's no, interesting how no, no one focuses on that as much as they should, because yeah. that was the original white paper, right? Yeah. And this is where it's amazing. Like, you know... Uh, to pay anything for me in the US with my European credit cards. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, like it's you know, so difficult. It's very difficult. Like it depends what you want to pay, et cetera. I mean, if you if you live on, you know, $5 a day, I guess you're good. But like if you have to go to hotels, you're entertaining, mm -hmm. uh, you know, your customers because you, you have a business dinner where yeah. suddenly 10 people come, you know, that has a cost, et cetera. And if you start to <laughs> use your credit cards, like you max them out, like, you know, the one after the other, et cetera. And so, uh, and and the fees that you pay, like every time that you go to the ATM in the US, like it's like four dollars to get a hundred dollars out. That's ridiculous. And so, yes, uh, payment with crypto is a huge uh, case, you know. And if you if you think that Bitcoin is too volatile, okay, fine. So do it in uh, in stable coins. Mm -hmm. And and like that's I think that's what people actually have to. That's a really good point. So people that are scared of crypto because of FTX, FTT, or anything else. You're right. It's because they're focusing on the wrong thing, because I think too many people tried to gamble on it for a long period of time, and they realized that oh, it actually is volatile. It doesn't just go yeah. one way. It's yeah. <laughs> it can go both ways. No, I mean, it's like going to the <laughs> casino and be like, "Fuck, you know, I got yeah. wrecked." I'm yeah. like, "Yes, yeah, that's how casinos work." Yes, that's 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 the casino. That's not a good behavior. You you shouldn't. You know, when I when I got into crypto, the the theory was to say you only invest in crypto what you can lose. Mm -hmm. And then you're long, like you wait, like, you know, it is not like uh, coming in and out and people that are trying to uh, buy low, sell high, you know, sure. Like everybody would love to be able to time the market, but like it doesn't work like that. How do you balance when you're building this hardware product? How do you balance security and usability? Because you're attracting, you're attracting again, the most complex users that want the most complex features, as well as someone's parents that just are starting it for the first time. 
Okay, so first of all, I don't think we're building technology for parents or grandparents. Um, sorry to, to, to break the news to the parents and grandparents that are using this podcast, but we are building technology for the younger generation. You know, uh, I think if Bitcoin and crypto have to become what they ought to become, mm -hmm. you know, it will be for the younger generation. I remember when I was uh, a kid, we switch uh, francs from the uh, old francs to the new francs, and it was a division of a thousand, I think, or, no, a division of a hundred, something like that. Uh, a thousand ancient francs uh, were suddenly ten new francs, and I remember my grandmother never being able to. Actually, it's not true. My grandmother did the switch, but her sister never did the switch, so she would always talk to me in. Uh, old, old, the old, old denomination, the, yeah. the, the old denomination, etc. Which always, uh, I always felt that it was going to be super rich, but actually, you know, I had to do the math and you know the, the division in my head, and I w in the end, I was not that rich. And so, uh, my point is, uh, either people move with technology, and it doesn't matter if you're a father or a grandfather, etc. Mm -hmm. Like if you pay attention and you move with technology, you will understand. Mm -hmm. But the technology is developed for younger generations. Okay, so now that I've said that, how do you combine, um, you know, security and ease of use? Um, you, you do. So Stacks was an interesting story where Tony Fadell, the inventor of the iPod, joined Ledger and to design Stacks. Mm -hmm. And there has been that healthy tension between Tony, who's a product guy and, mm -hmm. you know, wants product features and a product that is easy to use and the Ledger team that is a security team. And it's like, that's not possible. That's not possible. <laughs> we can't do that, etc. And so in the end, you, uh, you make it work and you make it work, uh, by saying, number one, there is zero compromise on security ever. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, it's not even a discussion. We don't even open the discussion. If there is a flaw or if there is a way, even if it's very difficult that someone could get into the device, then it's a no-go. Then we have to change the design. We have to change the product, et cetera. So, uh, but, but once you, <laughs> you pass that hurdle of zero compromise on security, then um, you try to develop products where basically you make the onboarding easy and the connectivity easy. These are two pain points that you're really, you're really trying to, to solve for. So I need to set up my bank account. I need to set up my wallet. I need to set up something, how easy it is. Mm -hmm. And by the way, coming back to your previous question, I'm like, oh, this shit is hard. I don't know. Like, you know, uh, last time I tried to set up like a, a, an exchange account, it wasn't easy. You have to have your ID, you know, you need to understand the kind of levels, you know, so level one is like, okay, just one ID, level two, you need two IDs, a proof of residence, mm -hmm. et cetera. Like, it's not so easy, like to register at a bank is not so easy either. Um, some make it like easier than others, like Revolut has a very slick service, but this is why they're super su successful. Yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. Because, because they, they brought that into, into, into the market. So even in the, the old financial market, most of the uh, UX UI are really bad. Um, and so I would actually argue that what we're doing now, and especially with stacks in terms of onboarding, is going to be flawless. And then in terms of connectivity, it's like, okay, once I have that thing, like what can I do with it? Uh, that's the second problem that you're trying to solve and to make it as connected as possible. Think about the iPhone. Like the iPhone was a hit because suddenly you could connect to the internet in a very easy manner. I just want to take a quick second and tell you about one more podcast you have to check out if you're a fan of Success Story. It's Sales Evangelist, hosted by Donald Kelly, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Each week, Donald interviews the world's best sales experts, successful sellers, sales leaders, and entrepreneurs who share their strategies to succeed in sales right now. He brings on Jeffrey Gittimer, Jill Conrath, Bob Berg, Guy Kawasaki. They share actionable insights and stories that will encourage, challenge, and motivate you to hustle your way to more revenue for your business. If you're somebody who's looking to take off in your sales career, if you are an entrepreneur who's looking to sell more, I think all of us are, go listen to Sales Evangelist wherever you get your podcasts. I'm, you know, you're, you're walking through all the problems that you're solving for with Ledger. And I'm actually really curious, just as, um, as an example of a great CEO, how did you pivot from a background in, in marketing, advertising? How did you pivot into a crypto hardware company. I don't know how you exactly describe Ledger, but how do you make that pivot Security successful? Company, yeah. Security company. How do you do that successfully? Um, I think you can only do that successfully if, one, you do the switch when no one is looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Because if you try to do that switch in a highly competitive environment, like it's almost impossible. But in 14, nobody was looking. Nobody cared. And so I joined thinking, okay, I've got time to learn. So I knew I had like two, three years, maybe four, 
where I could just work and learn and my mistakes wouldn't be held against me and nobody knew anyway. So it's fine not to know when nobody knows. Yeah. It's much harder to do a switch like this in Web3 right now. You're like, oh, you know, I was selling whatever yesterday and now I want to get into crypto. Okay, it's more difficult. Like, you know, the the, the market exists. There are big companies, etc. So you can still get in. But, you know, uh, the second thing that you have to do is you have to put your ego in your pocket. Like you go back all the way down. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I left Criteo, people said to me, I was chief operating officer. I had, I don't know, like 800 or 900 people reporting to me, like something like a public company, etc. So it was good. And people say to me, oh, my God, like, you know, the second you're you're out of the door with Credio, like you, your phone is going to keep on ringing. Like people will call you and offer mm -hmm. you a job, etc. So the phone never rang. <laughs> zero. Uh, and not zero calls, but like a few calls that I got like were not for me. Uh, and so I was just like, shit. And so you have to be... And so then, then I, f I figured that the only solution was to go back all the way down and work all my way up again. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I did. But but again, for this, you need to have uh, an ecosystem that is uh, very, very new. And so you can take as much space as possible. You can meet a lot of people, etc. And also, it's you, you have to be willing to start again from zero. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that you know when you have uh, liquidity, some of the discussions I had in the early days were very unpleasant. When people were very mean to me, <laughs> and sometimes you got the fuck you money, you get like, you know what? Like, I don't need to do this meeting. Yeah, you know. And but actually, I never say that. I always like, you know, you suck it up, you shut up, like you learn. Doesn't matter if people are, you know, talking down on you. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, what matters is the objective and I the goal that. that you set set for yourself. I love that though. That's a, it's a smart lesson because I bet a lot of people with ego would approach it very differently. But that, it's, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Now you look back, you're like, all those choices I made were the right choices. Like, look at look at what you're doing now. Look at what you're building now. You know, you're, you're truly on the bleeding edge of tech. You're changing the world. But when you when you have a major exit event, like, ego's already through the roof. You're like, I already, I already fucking did this. I don't have to deal with this shit anymore. <laughs> and then you do. <laughs> and then you like, do. Oh, shit. And, and, you know, you're, you're building out this company. Um, you're new in it put the ego aside, learning everything. These are all really smart lessons. Um, but you mentioned something else that it's a make or break for an entrepreneur or a CEO or, or even a founder. It's bringing on the best talent. And in crypto in 2014, like you said, talent was tough. Yeah. So how did you how did you get people in a security company? You can't compromise on talent. So how did you get the right people? Um, well, it's just, step-by-step -step process really and you know they have several phases but like i think the the first step was to really focus on the on the security talent yeah uh, and it was one of the reasons why ledger is born in france uh, because when it comes to um secure hardware and sort of embedded security operating system that run in hardware etc we have a um, there is some ex uh, France is probably one of the hotspots for, you know, top developers when it comes to mm -hmm. that world. Uh, France is not the only country, of course, like you have Israel, you have uh, China, Russia, etc. But it's more of a European thing. It's less of an American thing, like secure hardware. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and we have like, you know, top talents there. So when I actually think about building a business, you need to think about like, what's my edge? You know, yeah. if, I, if I start from Paris, like, you know okay, the city is beautiful, but, you know, what else do we have? And you're like, okay, well, when it comes to secure hardware, we have the best talent. Okay, so you start with that, and you just start with security. Uh, and the first thing that we try to do is to establish, you know, uh, security dominance uh, and to make sure that we really had that sort of nailed uh, to the point where I think uh, Ledger right now is the only company to have uh, a hardware wallet that has not been... Uh, uh, opened by the dungeon. So the dungeon is our attack lab. And what we do is we take every product in the market, including ours, and mm -hmm. we try to extract private yeah. keys. Uh, and we managed to do it with, you know, a bunch of wallets uh, in the market, never with Ledger. Uh, it's impossible to extract private keys. To date, it's impossible to extract private keys from a Ledger. Not the same can be said um, uh, from, you know, wallets that come from other vendors. Uh, so I know there's a lot of, I'm going to use a very layman's term, hacks. And I think there was something in the news today that was like another uh, another wallet was compromised. I guess there's a trust, a trust wallet, wallet yeah. vulnerability. We find out. So is that is that 
a symptom of having a wallet connected to the internet? Is there anything that can ever be secure that's connected to the internet, or is that a fallacy? Yeah, your ledger can be connected to the internet. But you can fine. take it off? You can. Yeah, you can. Okay. This is the whole thing. Like Because your private keys are in your ledger and in the secure element, Yeah. Well, it's fine. To, you can leave it connected to the internet the whole day if you want. So what happens with every all these other vulnerabilities, exploits? How, how can no okay, one else these, get a... These are different because yeah. these are software wallets. So what happens if you use a software wallet is your software wallet is fundamentally broken because it sits on your phone and or your computer. Um, you know, phone and computer... Different hardware. It sits on hardware that wasn't meant for it. Correct. Okay. And you know the uh, zero-day exploits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a market for it. I mean, you can go online. It's, it's not a, even a dark market. It's an open Explain market. Because, uh, explain yeah, zero-day exploit is uh, you have hackers that all day long try to enter into systems. And what they do is usually they go through the operating system you know, that, 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 it, that has many holes. And listeners, like people that listen to this podcast... You know, you, you know this because you've been patching yeah. again your 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 phone, your computer, your uh, your Chrome, your Fire uh, Firefox, yes, uh, <laughs> Firefox. Yeah. Uh, you know uh, everything like so many times, and so and and so you're patching them because there are vulnerabilities that have been found, and suddenly, oh my God, like now now we need to patch them. But until they're patched, like it means that it's open. So basically, if it's if the operating system is open, an attacker will go through the operating system, and everything that sits on top of the operating system is vulnerable. It's basically the door is open. There is nothing that you can do to shut it down. So there is no app that you can put on top of an operating system that is weak uh, mm -hmm. in terms of security that can be secure. And so therefore, uh, if I gain access to your phone, and it's very easy, I just uh, you download the wrong app when there is where there is a malware. Mm -hmm. If you got your coins in, I don't know, MetaMask or any software wallet that sits on your phone, your coins are gone in less than thirty seconds. And the malware would just like whoosh, take your private keys and they're gone. So, so the all you got to be is a target. Yes. Oh well, no, that's even easier. I'm just no. Talking. I know. I mean, but I'm saying if so. So basically, if anybody has soft, because there's a lot of software wallets out there. Yes. If somebody wants to go after you, if somebody knows, it's gone. Easy. That's scary as hell because there's a, there's a whole market. There's there's multi-billion dollars in companies that build software. Oh, yeah, but you can um, you can Google, you go on the Ledger Dungeon um, uh, blog, and yeah. there is a page. We can send it to you so you can put it like... Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a page where we show exactly that, like, you know, how we take like any software wallet in the market and how we can extract private keys in less than 30 seconds. And all it takes is a malware that is downloaded on your PC or your mac or your phone and we download malware every day like yeah. you know it's not crazy to think that you're going to download the malware and especially if you target it then it's even easier it's like yeah. hey how are you look at that cute video it's like oh this is fun and then boom voila <laughs> your coins are gone so i think i think a lot of this has to do with education because i mean i'm not ignorant to to crypto and and, and this industry but i think a lot of people are even like less knowledgeable than me some people are obviously way more but like the average user that uses software wallets i'm pretty sure that if you ask you know five of my friends that have bought significant amount of Bitcoin or any other coin, MetaMask is fine, everything is fine, no problem. I think that's, no one really knows yes. the exploit that can actually happen. That's true. I think that's, I think that's, that's a, that's a big education piece. But what you'll see now is like most of these wallets, like, you know, they actually will tell you as a user, like if you want the best security, you know, use a ledger, pair, pair, pair yeah. your MetaMask with a ledger. MetaMask is actually saying this, which I think is good. And, you know, once you know that, then it's okay to decide for yourself it's like okay this is the best security yeah. and it's not because your metamask is on your phone that your coins are necessarily gone like right away like you still need to download the malware or you still need to be targeted but like the risk that they'll be gone yeah. gets much higher and so then you have to decide for yourself like you know people will say oh but i only have one nft and 50 dollars on my metamask so that's fine like you know i don't need to to pair it with a ledger which is probably fine but the problem again with this is you know if someone breaks into your house and they only take the PlayStation, I mean, it's not bad, bad in a sense, it's just a PlayStation, but still it fucking sucks. Like, you know, <laughs> even if it's $50 or the PlayStation or one NFT, like I don't want anyone to come to my home and take my stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just not a good feeling. It just no. means that you feel like someone's been in your shit. <laughs> yeah, someone's been in your shit. And also today was $50 and so tomorrow is how much. And so therefore you cannot trust that system. I, I, I really think that... You're right. There is a lot of education to be done. Like people need to realize that 
not your, not your keys, not your coins. And so yeah. take your coins off exchanges. But also, if you use a software wallet, make sure to pair it with a hardware wallet to protect the private keys. That's smart. Um, do you see... Um, I'm, I'm curious where you, you're just looking towards the future. Do you see AI being um, incorporated as a, as a malicious attack, uh, running like hundreds of thousands of different possible vectors for attack at the same time using AI? Like, do you see today's show is brought to you by 1Password. Now, listen, we all have that one friend who's constantly forgetting passwords and needing help to get into their accounts. I have a solution. It's called 1Password. 1Password is the award winning password manager trusted by millions of users and companies like IBM and Slack to keep logins, credit cards, and other private info safe in an encrypted vault that only you can access. No more sticky notes with passwords or using the same password everywhere. I've been using 1Password for a year now, and I can't recommend it enough. It saves me time from having to reset passwords and gives me peace of mind knowing my info is secure. With convenient features like automatic password generation and login autofill, 1Password takes the hassle out of passwords. You can use it on all your devices, iOS, Android, Mac, PC, everything syncs seamlessly. And with top-notch security audits and encryption, your data stays private. So do yourself a favor and check out 1Password today. Go to onepasswordcom Clary and get a two-week free trial. Let 1Password remember all of your logins for you so you can remember what really matters. That's onepasswordcom Clary for two weeks free. I want to take a second and thank Indeed. They're a huge sponsor of the Success Story podcast. And as business leaders, we're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. It's to match with Indeed. Now, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. You need to ditch the busy work. You need to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. All the tools you need are in one spot. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent, fast and listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash clary just go to indeed.com slash clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash clary terms and conditions apply if you need to hire you need indeed just a quick question have you ever had one of those oh no moments when you realize that you accidentally deleted a huge file or worse your whole computer dies. I know I have. It's happened to me a lot, but don't sweat it. The sponsor of today's episode, Backblaze, they have your back. It is unlimited backups for all your Macs, your PCs, or even your whole company, and it's really affordable, under 100 bucks a year. If you're running a business, they take the stress out of protecting everyone's data. If you need more bells and whistles for compliance, so on and so forth, they have enterprise options too. Honestly, losing data sucks, but Backblaze makes getting it back easy. They have restored billions of files. They offer tons of restore options, including rapid recovery in an event of data loss or ransomware. And you can access your backed up data from everywhere and anywhere in the world using their web app, iOS, or Android apps. It's been recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and tons more. And best, you can try it fully featured with no risk at backblaze.com story. They set up that link for all Success Story podcast listeners. That is a no-risk free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. The inclusion of AI to be uh, a positive or negative, something that you have to understand as a, as a CEO of a security company. So it's definitely something that you have to understand, but if AI is used to attack, it can also be used to defend. Mm -hmm. And so it's always the game of attack versus defense. Um, and so, you know, we are uh, on the defensive side. And so we'll use uh, every piece of technology that is available to uh, make the defenses stronger. Uh, so there is a stream at Ledger right now, strategic one, like to figure out like, you know, how AI is going to impact us and, you know, what's... Uh, what's interesting etc i can i can give you like a like a, a fun example like ai is actually pretty good at spotting bugs in yeah. in code and so you know for smart contracts and everything yeah. you know it's a good way to quickly screen a contract and to see where there could be a problem 
So typically we're going to use AI for that. Uh, but so will attackers. And so I think, you know, if the defense and attackers use AI in the same way, it sort of neutralizes itself. Uh, and if the defenders use AI in a better way, then it gives us an edge, et cetera. And so it's a cat and mouse uh, yeah. problem. But you have, but like as, as, as an organization involved, like you're already, you're already exploring it. That's, I guess that's probably the most important thing to stay ahead. Yeah, AI, but also, you know, quantum computing, et cetera. But, but, but there are things that are, you know, uh, sort of true uh, at some point. Like typically, yeah. I get a lot of questions of quantum computing. It's like, oh, but when this happened, like, you know, Ledger is fucked. I'm yeah. like, yes, but if that was to happen like that, like, you know, suddenly there is quantum computing and, <laughs> and Ledger is fucked, I'm like... We got bigger problem with nuclear weapons, like you know. That's valid too. <laughs> <laughs> what are what are some of the the challenges that you? But want? but yeah. but it's yeah. not going going to happen like this. My point with quantum yeah. computing is like you know it's attack defense etc. And so, the day that quantum computing is really uh, a thing, then you know defenses would have been both already both, both sides have access to yes. it. Both sides always have access yes. to it. It's just being, you you know, as 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 a, as a leader of an organization, you just have to be on it and, and you have to be including that in part of your, your security strategy your engineering strategy so you have like a whole research department that goes after this stuff too. yes um what are some of you know as as a as a ceo of the security company what are some of the challenges some of the things that you want to take on in the future for ledger like where do you see your place in the in the crypto ecosystem um well, I think, you know, the crypto ecosystem, but it's right to use crypto because for me, crypto is a bigger umbrella Correct. And, which, and under you have cryptocurrency, you have eventually NFT, but you have everything that is your sort of digital lifestyle and, you know, all the way to your identity, your passwords, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, I think with the way that the world is going, like, you know, people will need more security to connect online and, you know, again, to... Uh, you know, sort of onboarding, you know, security onboarding and connectivity, you know, this is the same problem, whether you're web one, web two, mm -hmm. web three, like it, it's the same problem, actually. Um, so, you know, for from a, from a user perspective, I think your know, ledger will be your, um, you know, digital lifestyle companion. Like, you know, if you want to connect your apps, if you want to think about Instagram for one second, like how many people actually make a living through Instagram? And so when they do... Of course, for them, it's a big problem if they get hacked. Like if someone get access to their account, like they can lose a lot of money for a month, two months, mm -hmm. etc. It's very hard to rebuild like a credibility reputation after you've been hacked. This is like the house, like the digital house that got, you know, breached or, uh, or robbed, you know. Uh, and so I think uh, in the future, people will need sort of more and more security for to, to access things and whether it's cryptocurrency to share your identity, et cetera. And, you know, Ledger has a huge role to play into this, but not just cryptocurrency, sort of everything else that is your digital lifestyle and the secrets that you need to protect. Well, I was going to say, you know, as a, you know, again, you're, you're leading this company and, and there's always concern about regulation and volatility, but that's over a very particular asset class. Correct. Very, very, very specific. So when you look at the future of Ledger, you don't want to have unknowns in a business as much as possible you want to remove the unknowns and, and regulation is a, is a huge you know question mark i mean it's country specific but as a ceo you want to build out a business that's that's you know you're future proofing yourself and you and you go down all these different pathways so you so what you're trying to accomplish in the future is like this is the de facto security system for all these different online interactions that require some level of security correct Meaningful uh, internally, we call them like meaningful interactions. Yeah, uh, and yes, and and again, like it's more of a. I had the question the other day of saying, like, "Oh, but what if regulation?" You know, uh, actually, it was a question from a from a phone vendor, and it was just like, "What if regulation hits you?" And you know, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, "Well, if regulation hits Ledger, means that the phones are next in line, or maybe first in line." Like yeah. you know. You can download anything on your phone, like you can run like you know um, uh, a Bitcoin wallet directly on your phone. And yeah, so, of course. Yeah. So suddenly, if you need to KYC email everyone that's got a Bitcoin wallet, then you need to KYC email everyone that buys like a phone, a computer, yeah, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it becomes like you know really bad in terms of our freedom. So I don't think he's gonna he's gonna get there. But you're right. Like you know, it's it, what we do is all about. What what we do, we don't really do it for business. Like, you know, business is a good consequence of what we do. What we do is we do it for our users. And so, you know, security and ease of use, that's 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 our mission. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, we, 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 we need, we think it's very important uh, 
because without security, there is no freedom. Mm -hmm. Like you know, so online freedom only exists if you can be secure with your secrets, and if you cannot protect your secrets, then uh, it's not just a problem of crypto and ledger. It's, it's a more fundamental problem than that. Well, I think that's a huge problem right now. I think mm -hmm. more than ever. I think I mean, again. Even in Web 2, the amount of people that get fished and get hacked all the time, right? 100%. So now you just have access to, now, now people are trying to, you know, store their whole lives online. A lot of personal information. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, and, and so when, when is the, when do you think will be the point where Ledger starts to actually help people outside of its, like, first primary use case? Well, we already started. I mean, you know, there is an app for password. There is an app for uh, 2FA and, and Fido, etc. Mm -hmm. So we're doing sort of baby steps, and yeah. but we will further accelerate, uh, I guess, uh, early 24. Like, yeah. And second half of 23 is to get stacks live and, you know, uh, sort of various other pieces of the software. Um, and I think what why we do that, the second half of 23 will be to work also on identity, uh, FIDO2, yeah. password manager, etc. But that will be for 2024 release. Because you even see, like, um, oh, what's that, uh, that, that password, uh, what's that password app that just got, got uh, um, pa uh, LastPass? They also got compromised to some degree. Yeah. Well, right? <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, people don't realize, there's one book that uh, everyone needs to read is, uh, the, the book is called this is how they tell me the world ends. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the name of the lady that wrote the book, but uh, it's easy to find. It's easy to buy on Amazon. And, you know, this tells you the, the story about, like, um, uh, online hacking, cyber attacks, etc. You know, there are some... I'll give you the short version of the story, but, like, there was a, a criminal organization, hackers organization, that got exposed recently. Um they got exposed, and, and so people should know that and it's just one organization. Organizations like this, there are plenty. Mm. They have 2,500 people on the payroll. That's insane. And they have 10,000 auxiliaries. Okay, so this is a company that is... This, uh, is, a comp this is a full company. Yeah. 2,500. Four times the size of Ledger in terms of number of people. <laughs> uh, and if you count the auxiliaries, like, you know, uh, more... Um, but uh, yeah, and the, the, their only job is to hack the shit of everything that they can find. And this is why, like, you know, phishing attacks, etc. people are like, oh my God, like, you know, I, it, they are very dangerous, those phishing attacks, because the guys that are behind them are very sophisticated. It's not just a kid in his garage, you know, yeah. trying to fuck people over. They are like serious organizations uh, with very talented people whose job is to do that. Do you... Do you collaborate with other organizations, with government, to make sure that like your security engineering is is at the the highest levels? Because you're a private company, and you're and you're competing against again an organization that has four four x minimum the people that you do. Yeah, so uh, we collaborate with a with a bunch of people in in our in our in our industry. Like this is what the dungeon does. This is what yeah. our cybersecurity team does, etc. So we have a lot of collaborations with various other uh, teams from the private sector yeah. uh, in, in our world. And so that's good and that's working well because you can sort of collectively, you know, we can collectively protect ourselves. That's and, what I'm thinking. If users. you're turning into more of a security company, because this is not just, it's not a rebrand, but it's like an evolution of Ledger, right? Well, you know, I think um, the why Ledger exists was always the same. And, you know, Ledger yeah. at heart was always a security company. And now, you know, the... How you pitch it to yeah. to do your later series is, yeah. is a different question, and also sometimes people, even though the why has always been the same, they want to see you know the the what and the how, and uh, and we've been pitching the what and the how for a long time. Like you know, hardware wallet is you know the the what, uh, and uh, uh, but but the but the business is, is is much more like security. If you if you take the why, like you know the, the from a, from a very high level. The business is really security. Like we're really pushing the boundaries of security, mm -hmm. whether it's cryptocurrency or not, whether it's a hardware wallet or not. Like what we're doing is much more fundamental than this. And, and I'm not saying that a hardware is not cool. I mean, it's, it's a great piece of technology that you need to have if you want to protect your secrets. And we also have like an enterprise division that does uh, something very similar for enterprise, and that also works very well. Uh, but uh, but it's true that what we're doing is much more fundamental, and we have always been a security company. Yes. I love that. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you that, that you wanted to speak about, things that you're working on now, 
things that uh, that are that are top of mind for for Ledger for yourself? No, I, well, maybe one thing, um, and we can wrap up with that if you want. Like you know, to me, I feel that because you're talking about education and people talk about education, but you know, self education is also very important. Like when you enter into a world, um, you you need to and this is the story of how I joined Bitcoin, et cetera. Mm. You need to educate yourself. Like, you know, there is no one that you can blame uh, in the end for your lack of education. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are an investor, if you want to play with the coins, if you want to enter this world for one reason or another, it is your obligation to, you know, uh, self-educate yourself. Uh, there are many ways of doing it. There are uh, hundreds of books that have been written no, on this. Yeah, yeah. There is a top five for sure, uh, and not just on crypto and Bitcoin and what it is, but also on like, you know, what is value? And, you know, I read many books like this when I entered the space to understand what value is, which is, which is very interesting because most people don't understand what value is. They, they think that value um, necessarily have uh, uh, something to back it up, uh, which is not true. <laughs> Gold has... Nothing to back up the fact that it's gold. It has certain properties, et cetera, et cetera. Well, now, now money doesn't have even gold to back it up. So Correct. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so this is the thing. And, you know, and when it comes to enterprise, I think every CEO has the obligation now to look uh, in crypto and every CEO that runs an exchange has the obligation to look deep into, like, how do I run my security and not do what has been done so far, which is, oh, that's good enough. Mm -hmm. Like that's uh, not good enough. Like you need to be rock solid, hundred percent sure, etc. Because although you know FTX is a fraud, uh, uh, and I think it is FTX was not crypto. Still, it does hurt crypto. And so, if the next big exchange is going down because of a lack of sort of security, a lack of governance, all of these things that can be easily fixed today, now the technology exists. You know, I think it's not a service that we're giving to our to our users in general, and people should focus probably less on the top line and sort of more on the fundamentals. And the fundamental of this industry, you know, this industry doesn't exist if you don't build it on something that is extremely secure. And if you don't like Ledger, it's fine. Like there are other vendors out there, like you know, use them, etc. But like, do you know? I think for any CEO that uh, that is running a company in this space or think that he's going to run a him or her. Are going to run a company in this space, you know, think about the security of your users first. Like you know, that's that's yeah. that's what's necessary. I love this. Um, where where should people go to learn more about what you're working on? Uh, all the socials. Where do people want to to go to follow you? And uh, so ledger.com. Then you know Twitter. Uh, our YouTube channel is pretty cool. We have a lot of great content. Um, if they want to learn, they can go there. Right? Uh -huh. yeah. And we have the Ledger Academy. But basically, go to ledger.com and, you know, for, you know. What about yours? Where do they, rabbit hole. Where do they go find you? Uh, on Twitter. Uh, and that's cool because on Twitter, I don't understand that thing where people complaining that they're going to have to pay $8 to get the blue mark. <laughs> I don't know. Pay, pay $8. It's $8. People. <laughs> it's $8. And also, it's a good business model. Like, you know, praise Elon Musk. I actually thought it was a very good business model. I come from a software background. Yeah. So if you get $8 monthly recurring revenue across a, like a, a couple hundred million users, good for you. Yeah, it's great. And people want it. That's why they complain so much. So pay. I pay know. up. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, so mine is the only one to have the little blue check because I pay. Yeah. Uh, and also have a little ledger logo. Next to the blue. Did check. you get the yeah? So you do have the affiliation with Ledger now? Why? Yeah. So that's great because uh, because we have like so many scammers. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Crypto, know, it's bad. It's, it's really bad. bad. I've got at least like ten running right now on Twitter. But the only one to have the blue mark yeah. and the little Ledger logo is me. So good. That's that's who you follow. I think it's underscore P Gautier. G-A-U-T-I-T-H-I-E-R. Uh, yeah, on Twitter. Okay, perfect. Last question I ask everybody. You've had a great career. It's it's gone through several different businesses. Um, at this point in your life, what does success mean to you? Uh, that's that's a tough one uh, for the end. Well, success. Wh what it would mean to me now is to you know build uh, to to make Ledger a company that is very transformative to to the world. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I think I didn't finish on what I was saying about Credio. The problem that once you've built a company like Credio, like you know what's going to be your next company, and so you got two problems. Whether, was I lucky or was I good? Yeah. And uh, and if I'm good, like you know, I can do it again. But I want it, I want it to be bigger. And so, 
I sort of thought about that and I was like, you know, be bigger and more meaningful. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love advertising. Not, not everybody loves advertising, but I, I quite like advertising. I think it's a, it's a very human thing, uh, profoundly human thing, but, but you're not curing cancer. Like, you know, yeah. uh, and, uh, and, and of course with Ledger, we're not curing cancer either, uh, per se, but we are solving for a much uh, bigger problem, a much more fundamental problem, which is, you know, uh, in one word, it's freedom. If you cannot protect your secrets online and if you cannot if you cannot own your secrets online, then you are not free. The world that we're in right now is a dangerous world because if you only become a number into um, a, a big online property that is controlled by someone else, uh, then you're not free by definition. And, mm -hmm. and this is a society that we don't want. And so me... It's not so much in terms of business, my ambition, but it's like in terms of impact. Like, you know, I, I hope uh, that uh, Ledger is going to have a huge impact on, on the world and uh, and how uh, people are, people and, 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 and companies, but like how we bring security to this digital world. And, you know, it's severely lacking right now. And, you know, like, like we said earlier, without security, there's no freedom. And so... If I can bring uh, digital freedom to the world, and so freedom, uh, I think that that's my ultimate goal. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.